Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Second hour, Dave Ellswick show today. Yesterday, Supreme Court uh, in session, hearing one of their first cases dealing with Civil Rights Act of 1964. And it's all uh, over sexual orientation or gender identity discrimination and how, uh, you know, how that's to be interpreted. And depending on how the Supreme Court uh, sees this is going to have a lot to do with how faith-based nonprofits across the country uh, are going to be able to continue to maintain employee codes of conduct and all of those type of things. And so I asked Stephanie Taub to join us today. She's the senior counsel to First Liberty Institute, and uh, let's get her up here on the show. And by the way, Robert Steinbach uh, told me to tell you hello, Stephanie. He is a a weekly contributor to the Dave Ellswick show and said that you and him have crossed paths several times. Oh, yes. Be sure to tell him hello as well. Um, it's uh, it's good to, always good to hear from him. Okay, so let's talk here. What happened yesterday? Uh, I'm sure if you weren't there, you had people who were there and who were able to tell you exactly what went down. Yeah, so yesterday the Supreme Court heard oral argument in three cases about federal employment discrimination law. And um, as you mentioned, they're really about the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and what that, uh, how the, what the best way is to interpret that act. So that act uh, prohibited sex discrimination in the workplace. So in every, in essentially every workplace that employs. 15 or more individuals. And so now the Supreme Court has to decide whether that prohibition includes uh, sexual orientation and gender identity discrimination. Oh, wow. So what we're looking at, do we stay with what we've had or do they expand out? That's basically what we're looking at. And uh, expansion is kind of a dangerous thing because, for instance, you know, transsexuals and, and all of that. I've got some real problems with a lot of that that's going on right now. The question the question before the court isn't the policy question of what the law should be, because, of course, that's Congress's job to make the law, and Congress is free to change the law at any time. So the, the job of the Supreme Court is to figure out what the law says. So what did Congress mean in 1964 when it prohibited sex discrimination? Okay. And, and I'm with uh, First Liberty Institute. We are a nonprofit law firm that defends religious liberty for all Americans. And we filed a friend of the court brief that focused, that really did focus and hone in on the implications for religious freedom. 
because the outcome of this case could impact um, not only uh, federal workplaces across the country, um, but that includes churches and synagogues and religious schools and charities and other nonprofits. Um, so we're asking the court um, to remember the impact that their decisions will have on, on these ministries. Yeah, well, here's the key. Their job is to interpret the law, and as you said, as it was written in 1964. If the law is to be expanded, that is the job of Congress and not of the court, supposedly. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, And Congress is really the one that's in the best position to really balance all of the concerns here and uh, so, so for example, in federal employment discrimination law, usually when you see um, any sort of expansion to it, you have corresponding uh, religious exemptions to make sure that this doesn't have uh, this doesn't infringe on the First Amendment rights of churches and, and other religious ministries. Um, but here, if the judges, if um, if you're having judicial expansion of the law, they might not be able to take into or adequately take into all of these kinds of policy concerns. So that's just a, an important reason why the separation of powers is so important in this country. All right. So this is just one oral argument that are going to be heard by the Supreme Court dealing with religious liberty. What are some other things that we can expect that they're going to take up during this uh, term? Yeah, so um, so they heard the oral arguments in these cases um, just yesterday, and so we'll probably find out what happens uh, in um, in the spring some, at some point in the spring, um, and possibly earlier. So other cases that they could be considering are another really important one has to do with uh, school choice. So there is a uh, state program that provided, um, let's see, it provided funding for low-income families to be able to afford to send their children to a private school of their choice. And it was a religion-neutral program, so parents could choose to send their kids to secular private schools or religious private schools. But some people uh, sued because some of the parents were choosing to to uh, send their kids to religious schools, and they didn't like that. And so the entire program got shut down. And so now that case is going to be taken up by the Supreme Court very soon. Oh, fantastic. So maybe we'll be able to break through religious discrimination here. Yeah, we hope so, because it seems like it's a perfectly neutral law, and um, it's not promoting religion. It's letting the parents choose whatever they think is best for education, whatever they think is the best educational opportunities for their own children. All right. And what else uh, are are on the docket for the Supreme Court? Well, I know there's quite a few cases that we've asked the Supreme Court uh, to take up or other um, other religious liberty organizations have asked the Supreme Court to take up, and we're still waiting to hear back um, with whether or not the court is going to take up some of those decisions. Um, so, for example... Um, let's see, there are cases that are talking, there are a few cases that are talking about, um, I guess it's still about federal employment discrimination law, but those, these cases have to be specifically when you're talking about religious schools and the protections that religious schools have to hire teachers that are teaching their, that are teaching the, the tenets of their faith to children. Um, so those are very important cases that the Supreme Court may or may not take up. Okay, does the court seem at this time, I know the president seems to be more, uh, best way, 
uh, leaning our way about religious liberty. We've seen that. But what about the Supreme Court? I mean, adding Kavanaugh in, has that helped us some? Well, it, it's definitely it definitely is cause for optimism for a return to religious liberty. I know we've seen just in the past term, um, my firm, First Liberty Institute, we won a case that um, had to do with a World War One veterans memorial uh, that was almost a hundred years old, and some people were challenging it because it was shaped like a cross. Right. Uh, right. And so um, the Supreme Court, um, in a seven to two decision, actually held that that was constitutional and um, it could remain as a tribute to those who gave their lives in World War One. Um, so that that was a, a great victory. And then there's been some other signs that the court is, is willing to take a look at, at cases from um, decades and decades ago that uh, went, went the wrong way on, on religious freedom issues. Um, and so they're willing to take a, a second look at those. Um, and so that's, um, that's, that's definitely cause for optimism. All right. Our guest, Stephanie Taub, she's senior counsel, First Liberty Institute, and uh, that World War I uh, memorial, that was a huge victory for everybody. It, you know, Stephanie, it worries me that in our country there are people, and it's a minority, you know it, I know it, I think everybody knows it, that want to scrub all the vestiges of Judeo-Christendom out of our history. How do? What's the best way for us to protect against it? I mean, is it just a a, a battle? You got to go to battle every time these people raise their head. They're kind of like you know whack a mole. Yeah. So if you get a, um, I would advise if you get a letter that um, is from a, a group like this um, to to give us a call at firstlibertyinstitute.org so we can talk about your options and what um, and what to do moving forward. Um, so, so yeah, there are people that are standing up for for their rights and not caving when it comes to when it comes to issues like this, and that really protects. Um, so I, I am always so fond of our clients, and they're really the ones that are taking the brave stand to fight for religious liberty. And what happens in their cases, in our cases, it doesn't just affect them; it affects everybody. So people that are the the clients that are really taking up um, a stand for their own religious liberty rights and for the rights of everybody, uh, they're the true heroes here. Well, bottom line is, I mean, people like Todd Starnes and myself and others who talk about these things all the time. People say. Oh, Dave, it's not that big of a deal. Yes, it is. I mean, in the country I grew up in back, uh, you know, through the 60s and 70s, Judeo-Christian values were uh, the norm. Uh, They have been attacked and been under under, uh, a battle for since the 50s, and we've lost some major ones, and we need to go back in and and win those back. And but once you lose, you know, kind of lose a liberty, it's hard to get it back, is it not? That's true, but um, but that's why it's so interesting that just last term, the court, um, in one of its opinions, it said that they were willing to reconsider a couple of uh, a couple of cases that have been around since 1990, and I think one that was around since the 70s. Good. Uh, that um, yeah, so so it's not impossible. All things are possible. Well, bottom line, got to get some common sense. But like Mark Twain said, common sense isn't very common uh, during <laughs> during our eras right now. Stephanie Taub, uh, if my listeners want to get a hold of your website, if they'd like to make a a uh, donation, where would they go? 
So we are First Liberty Institute, and you can go to firstliberty.org. Okay, firstliberty.org. Check it out. If you go there, you can keep up on, on these different bills. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. You can follow all of our cases by going to firstliberty.org. We're a nonprofit, never charges our clients, and we defend religious liberty for all Americans. All right. Well, if you're ever in Little Rock, let me know. We have a microphone for you here, and I'll make sure that Robert Steinbach joins you here on the show. Oh, that would be so wonderful. All right. Thanks so much. We appreciate you, Stephanie Taub, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Remember, firstliberty.org. These are the good folks. These are the folks that could use your uh, your help, a little bit of extra money. You don't have to be a lot. I mean, if everybody listening right now would give 10 bucks, give thousands of dollars to them, that would be a great thing so that they can go out and fight for religious liberty. Let's get a break in. We come back. I've got some uh, uh, sound for you, and then we'll be pre- preparing for our interview at 335 with Congressman French Hill. <laughs> 